0: Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked. We are live, and it's the first time on an early Monday morning on the East Coast. It's 10 a.m. It's time to get in the weeds. I am at Joel Pearl, and as always, I've got Fightful own Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy, good morning. How are you feeling?
1: Good morning, Joel. I feel good. You know, it's a first episode of In the Weeds, and a lot to look forward to. I mean, let's go ahead and say it. Everyone knows, if you read the description, we got new Impact knockout champion Diana Perrazzo. Is going to be joining us here in about 15 minutes here on the show. Very much looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely wild. I attended uh, Impact Rebellion last night in Toronto at uh, Rebels Nightclub Complex, Entertainment Complex, whatever they're calling it these days. And uh, first of all, that venue is always stunning for wrestling. It just, it looks good. It feels good. And the crowd was packed. I can't tell you it was hot all night, but I can tell you that it was a really, really fun show. And uh, yeah, watching Deanna take that Knockouts World Championship in the main event was uh was special it was really cool so yeah we'll talk about we well, can talk about impact for a little bit uh, as we wait for diana and of course we'll uh, we'll introduce ourselves and we'll introduce the show and of course you can leave a thumbs up here on youtube.com slash overbooked if you're watching us there if you're here in the podcast realm listening to us after the fact go ahead you can toss us a little bit of a five star review that gets us a little bit closer to getting in your friend's ears or your peers ears or your wrestling fans that you haven't met yet Get them in your ear by listening to us here at Fightful Overbooked and dropping a five-star review. And, of course, subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbooked. That's one way to support us. That's the free way, the free 99 way. But maybe you have a few extra dollars you want to send our way because you love what we do. You can donate a super chat here at youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. That little dollar sign in the chat window. Any amount Get your question or statement right on the air. Or we just want to say, hey, we love you. You're the best. We'll take that too. Jeremy, when people say that to you, do you feel a little bit uh, happier and, and fuzzier inside?
1: I, I pat myself on the back like Barry Horowitz when people say that to me. Just walking around, you know, I'll be like, Jeremy, you're great. They, they shout that all the time in the streets. And I'm like, thank you. I agree. That's what I do when I hear those uh, comments. So yeah, if you want to leave a super chat saying that, I'll give myself a bunch of pats on the back for that.
0: It helps when you live in a town of like 50 people that all know you, that they would say those things. True.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. true. Very so you, recognized on the streets here in Ohio. <laughs>
0: that's right. I love it. It's just like, I, I, cause we're good about like not doxing ourselves. I just love it. You're just like Ohio as if it's like this tiny ass town that everybody is. knows.
1: Ohio is <laughs> Ohio.
0: Of course. Ohio is Oh, oh boy. Uh, okay. So <laughs> let's talk about impact rebellion last night. You were watching on fight. Uh, give me an overall impression watching on TV. What do you think of the show?
1: That was a good show, I mean, you knew it was gonna be a big kind of newsworthy show coming out of everything because we were gonna we were guaranteed a new impact world champion and a new knockouts world champion because uh you know Josh Alexander and Mickey James unfortunately had to relinquish their championships so again immediately you knew it was gonna be a big big show right off the bat. but well, the matches were good uh new champions diana and macklin we got some some power couple going on there. we had a big big news of Nick Aldis. He's back in impact and it looks like he's a head for a showdown with Steve Macklin there. And then the, the Tommy dreamer promo, very emotional, Uh, you know, best wishes to to Tommy dreamer as he um, you know, his mom is, she was supposed to get out of the hospital. She suffered, suffered a stroke and then she, she's back in and Tommy says like, She's not doing great. You know, best wishes to Tommy as he takes time off. But that was a that was a that was a fun match. Uh, a little messy at times with all the stuff they were trying to do, but a good emotional ending, a good happy ending with Tommy Dreamer picking up the victory. I thought the exhibition three-way was outstanding with uh, Speedball Trey and and Gresham. Oh, so overall a good show, I thought.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of positive stuff coming into it. It wasn't a perfect show like you said. There were there were some moments that uh I definitely sat in the crowd and was just like, did we did we have to do it this way? But other than that, the hardcore war was probably um the like the strangest match because it had a lot of storytelling involved, which I appreciated. Uh and uh one thing I actually really loved was the uh the ECW callbacks. That bully and Dreamer kept doing. And what was funnier is that bully just kept playing the role of Raven throughout the whole thing. Did you read, did you recognize that whole thing? They did. Uh, I did. Yeah, they did the damsel in distress spot with, uh, yes. with with Killer Kelly playing the role of Beulah McGillicuddy, and then they did the uh, Francine pile driver spot with Masha Slamovich playing the role of Francine. It was uh, there was some good stuff. If, if Raven was there, he probably would have been, uh, you know, tossing his hands in the air and saying, "This is this is awesome," and clapping along with it. Uh, and yeah, Steve Macklin being the new Impact World's Champion that uh, I don't think shocked anybody, Jeremy, but I certainly think that the match was shockingly good in that these two men, Kushida and Steve Macklin had very minimal time to put together a story. And they did exactly that with this match.
1: And the, the tough part with that is like everyone kind of just figured Macklin was going to win. I think, I think you said it like you thought Macklin was going to win. Even if Josh Alexander was the champion, you thought this could be the end of, of Alexander's reign. So coming into this, the idea had to be, how do we sell as Kushida has a chance, and I thought they did a good job uh, of doing that. Like kind of leading up to the match, and then during the match, like there were some some good false finishes and some good uh hope spots for Kushida there. So yeah, I really I really enjoyed that match. And you know, obviously the the big news coming out of that is is Nick Aldis signing. I mean, what do we think of Nick Aldis, big free agent at the end of the year? Kind of waited, bided his time. End of last year, I should say, uh waited, bided his time, and now back in impact. I didn't know when he first came out. he was just he's on commentary, and then you said nope. I'm back. I'm here. Let's go.
0: Yeah, that I didn't realize until I watched part of the replay that uh, that he was like, "Yo, I'm back on this thing." I'm like, "What?" Because last time he was here was uh, I think it was Slam Anniversary. He rounded out the random team of ten for, yeah. for that big random five on five match, uh, and and that was cool. I was also at the time like, "Why why is Nick Aldis here on this random Impact Slam Anniversary show?" Of course, at the time it was like, "It's a 20th anniversary show. We need to bring out big guns." The yada yada. I have a suspicion, Jeremy, that at that point, Nick was maybe feeling out the locker room and feeling out management because at the time when he left Impact, it wasn't exactly, you know, happy, happy, joy, joy on the way out for Nick Aldis.
1: Well, we know a lot of changed in Impact since uh, Nick Aldis had left. I mean, look at at the relationships they've repaired. And Scott Damore has been given a lot of credit by a lot of people for this. Look at the relationships they have paired. Uh, repaired over time, and I think the biggest one is is New Japan. And not only did we have Multiverse One uh, during WrestleMania weekend, you know, they announced Multiverse Two is coming in August. So you know they've really done a great job repairing that, and then everything with Axis and New Japan getting in on Axis. So yeah, I think Nick probably was there to try to see how how things were, and now he's back in Impact, which is a good home for him. You know, there was a lot of talk of where he could go. AEW never felt like a right fit for for Nick Aldis. They've so much talent. Uh, and I feel like he would have just been kind of lost in all of that. Much in the same way that like by the end of Cody's run, Aldis and Cody sort of similar in like their wrestling stature uh, yeah. and how how they present themselves. And so I don't think Aldis was a good fit. I was about AEW. to say I
0: was about to say Nick Aldis would have been the British Cody Rhodes in this yeah. case. So yeah, good yeah. good shot. Yeah. Go ahead, Good
1: continue. At w WWE would have been a good fit for him like i definitely saw kind of saw him going there um and then then he didn't it seemed like he was you know senior nerds uh, looked to be a lock for wwe and then he wasn't a lock for for wwe i didn't have him as the lock that i had jay white being for wwe but i definitely had all this going there and you know he ended up in impact which is a Good spot for him considering I don't know what other options he he really had at this level. He wasn't going back to NWA. Don't think like New Japan is something. I don't know how much interest he had, but I also don't think that would have been like the best fit in the world for him. ROH AW kind of similar. Like there weren't too many other top options for him. Impact makes a lot of sense. One one for his brand, but for their brand. Like they need they need challengers for for Macklin. I think their their heavyweight division it's been lacking. Look at the guys they they were throwing at Josh Alexander. It was just all like old impact guys. Here's Kazarian, here's Saban, here's Shelley. here's Bully. Like no knock on any of these guys. but It's like, okay, it's 2023. I've been watching these guys for 20 years now. I don't need Josh Alexander like defending the title against these guys. They needed some new and fresh options. And and Nick Aldis presents that for Steve Macklin, their, their new champion.
0: You know, it's interesting. You brought up uh, the repairing of the New Japan and Impact Wrestling uh, relationship. And Nick Aldis coming in, do you see a world in which Nick Aldis works some New Japan pro wrestling dates? Is that something you would like to see? Is that is there a spot where you'd like to see him arrive in New Japan and maybe some wrestlers he'd like to work with?
1: I think in America, yes. I don't know if he goes to Japan to do that i don't know if nick all like fully works in japan to, to again use the cody thing like it's not that cody like had a bad new japan run but they have a certain style right and nick all style doesn't scream new japan pro wrestling to me so i'm not sure if it like fully works there for them but in america sure i could see him doing some some new japan strong whatever they're calling the those tapings. I think you're still calling them strong tapings. I could see him doing some of those tapings and being involved in that. Like multiverse. You know it's a match that like I I just thought of that I don't know if it's a dream match per se. Some people are, you know, it's not the Rock and Roman Reigns here, Joel Pearl. Uh but Nick all this and Hiroshi Tanahashi. That's a match that would just like just kind of popped me for the way those two guys work. I mean, I love Tanahashi and anything, but yeah, all this, all this, and Tanahashi could be just something like that's a fun little match that you didn't really think about, and now it's here, and it's like, oh, this is good.
0: It's a, it's a fun like New Japan Strong main event, like you said, Nick Aldis working New Japan USA. That is. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Even, uh, I don't know, like maybe, I don't know, chat, maybe you have some other, uh, some options for us. By the way, if you're in the chat, hey, how are you? How you doing? Uh, by the way, Diana Prazo joins us momentarily on In the Weeds to talk about Impact Rebellion and, of course, her new Knockouts World Championship. Uh, and speaking of Nick Aldis and Deanna Prazo and Steve Macklin and Mickey James, of course, is married to Nick Aldis. Uh, Jeremy, we're going to be talking to Deanna and I, I I think I'm going to ask a little bit about the power couples in impact wrestling.
1: I mean, that's certainly what they looked like. They were kind of setting up. We don't know when Mickey's going to be back. She had to relinquish the title. We'll we'll talk to Diana about the power couple, how she was feeling when she found out Mickey had to relinquish the title and everything. But it certainly seems like that is something that they could do with Mickey and Nick against Deanna and Macklin. It seems like that's, Definitely something they were setting up. I imagine the way, given how they set that up, they kind of do expect uh, Mickey back sooner rather than later. The fact that they pushed it this closely of like, hey, maybe she can get cleared. They had a little bit of hope that she could get cleared for this event. Obviously, she didn't. But I think that's going to be a match we're going to see. Uh, I don't know if they they go to Slammiversary with that. Maybe they do the two singles matches at Slammiversary. But I think the tag team match is going to happen sooner rather than later whenever Mickey gets cleared.
0: Absolutely. I see uh, SP three in the chat from true heel heat mentioning that. Oh, and by the way, on FIFA Overbooked with uh, Jeremy Lambert hosting FMC and a plethora of other shows, SP three mentioning that the only power couple in impact wrestling is Diana Parasso and Steve Macklin. And you know what? We'll see tonight. They're going to be taping uh, tonight in Toronto for the upcoming episode of Impact Wrestling. I'm debating going, Jeremy, because there's a lot of fun stuff on the card. They've got uh, the three-way from last night's X Division Championship match. So you've got Trey Miguel, Speedball Mike Bailey, and Jonathan Gresham teaming up tonight to face Time Machine. That's Kushida and Motor City Machine Guns. That sounds like a hot match that's also very confusing, and I'm thinking... We'll see some storyline advancement on all six men. Uh, what do you think of that match? Is it something we something we want to see real quick, real now?
1: I mean, that's I love when Kushida teams up with uh, with Sabin and Shelly. Like I, I love I love just time splitters in general, uh, Kushida and Shelley. So I'm happy when they throw Chris Saban into that mix. That's a really good match. The tapings tonight should be should be really good. You should go, Joel. How was your like live experience last night for Rebellion?
0: So my live experience at Rebellion was actually really fun. The crowd, like I said, crowd had a, a lot of fun. They were chanting all the things that they could chant throughout the night. Uh, I was sitting or standing, I should say, with uh, some newer fans, which was really fun to talk to them about uh, about the different characters and different stars of Impact Wrestling. Uh, during the P.C.O. and Eddie Edwards match, uh, one guy turned to me and was just like, "What's P.C.O.'s deal?" And I kind of excited. I said, "Well, you know." He's not human, but also um he hates his body and he takes it out on his opponents and the guy just kind of turned and laughed at me because it was there's no other way to explain p c o to somebody until you watch him perform and you see exactly how he wrestles a match so uh the live experience was really fun uh people it was there was obviously ebbs and flows that's just the live experience of watching a show but uh no they they did well and uh, they managed the crowd really well uh at impact as well so one thing that's um that's always difficult to deal with when you're impact and you're running a place like Rebel Nightclub is seating and Rebel's not set up for a wrestling show per se because it is typically a nightclub it's a rock venue it's basically bands come in and all that stuff uh, normally it's standing room so a lot of people were standing around watching the show there were some people seated and they were having fun but uh overall you know a positive experience a uh, a different vibe at a, at a wrestling show and they'll be back uh, in in august late august for impact emergence that'll be a uh, impact plus and uh what's what's the youtube youtube impact's youtube channel that's why I, that's how i watch impact and i can't even remember the branding but either impact way
1: insiders. Impact insiders. insiders
0: ultimate insiders yeah. thank you uh yes. so they'll be they'll be doing that uh in in august 27th so looking forward to that it's a really good really good time have you been to an impact show live yet jeremy
1: i've not been to to impact live they no, they don't yeah they're coming to columbus uh one of the events i'm pretty sure is in columbus so Against i might have columbus. to yeah, yeah yeah so i might have to make that trek out to uh Columbus, for That's about a that's about a three hour drive for me. I might have to make the trek to to Columbus for that event. What would you think of the the Ultimate X match, Joel? That's what kicked off the show. I thought that was a good choice to to kick it off because yeah. you know it's it's Ultimate X. It, crowd's gonna be hot for that.
0: If Impact does one thing that I'll always remember is that they'll they'll open with Ultimate X, and uh, and it's a fu- it's a fun match to watch live. Watching you know Chris Saban, who not only has twenty years of experience in Impact Wrestling, but also twenty matches uh ultimate x matches wild and then behind him alex shelley of course doing seven of his own uh and ace of bays they needed their their first big statement win as impact tag team champions this was a good way to do it so uh very much uh, enjoyed watching that match a lot of lot of fun moments uh, anything you want to add about that
1: no I, I thought it was a great sh- uh great shout to to kick off the show not too surprised that ace of bay retained i love them as a team hope they get a lengthy run with the belts
0: yeah, absolutely. So, looking forward to that. Uh, if if we're ready, we uh, we can we can have some fun. Are, you, are, are we all ready? Are we thumbs up in the room?
1: I think we're good to go. Yep, there we go. All
0: right, hey. ladies and gentlemen, for the first time since winning the Knockouts World Championship for the third time, it is the Virtuosa, Diana Parazzo, joins us now. Diana, congratulations and welcome to <laughs> in a week
2: thank you so much how how are you
0: feeling how are you feeling after this victory
2: i am beat to hell
1: (laughs) (laughs) that that was a hard-hitting affair with jordan grace last night
2: yeah it always is um jordan the toughest opponent i've ever ever been in the ring with and you like mentally prepare for that a little bit before you get in the ring but that first forearm or that first slam is just like Woo, here we go. Um, and I'm, I'm feeling it tonight, uh, this morning. It was a hard fought victory last night at Rebellion.
0: Talk to me uh, about the match. There is a certain amount of respect that you and Jordan Grace have for each other. Referenced by after the match, you two shared uh, a, a nice hug as she congratulated you winning the Knockouts World Championship. Uh, talk to me about your relationship with Jordan Grace in, in the ring and, uh, and what that experience means to you when you get to work with her.
2: Yeah, it's it's always fun. Um, It's been three years since Jordan and I have shared a ring one on one together. And in that time, um, I think the expectation grew of what it would mean when we finally got to challenge each other again. Um, We were like a pandemic rivalry. There were never any fans there. So I think that to revisit it at Rebellion, one of our biggest pay-per-views of the year um, in Toronto, a sold out crowd. And then we're the main event for the Knockouts World Championship, just like added to that pressure we felt. We both talked about it earlier of just like there's expectation and we just wanted to meet that expectation. And I think we did. Um, But yeah, there's just this mutual respect in the ring for what we both do. Uh, We grew up together in wrestling, basically all throughout the Northeast. Um, Every weekend we were around each other being at Impact she was one of the first people to like welcome me in and like take me in and honestly she's one of my greatest friends now so um there's that respect inside the ring and outside of it and I think that's what makes it even more special is is when you have that bond and then you get to show the world like that bond on screen and that you can beat the shit out of each other and it's fine and 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 you bring out the best in each other I think that's what makes it special and that's Exactly what Jordan Grace and I have together.
0: I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, who's on Deanna's list next? Who deserves an Impact Knockouts World Championship match with the Virtuosa?
2: Um, at first, I was going to say no one deserves it. but Then I'm like, I'm a good girl. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm interested to see who steps up. I am. I think that um, we've kind of we've introduced new people like Jody Threat and Kylan King. Um, you know, Taylor Wilde is back making her mark with Kylan in the coven. Um, I would love to finally have a one-on-one match with Taylor Wilde. Um, I don't know. I don't know who's next. I think a lot of people have a lot of work to do and we'll just go from there.
1: Donna, do you think Jordan hits you harder because you're now three and zero against her in impact? Like the next time it's gonna be possibly even harder because you, you have to sweep against her going for the fourth one.
2: Absolutely. Like I said, there's like competitiveness to what we do. And, um, you know, of course with the story we're telling, yeah, it's like, uh, you've never beaten me, beat me if you can. And so much has changed in the last three years. So it was fun to to play with that and know, um, we did a a bunch of callbacks last night to our match at Slam and just to, to kind of like test what we can do and how many counters we can do with each other. And we know each other like the back of our hands. So, um, yeah, it was interesting to tell that story and just know like she's coming with all she has. So I need to step up too.
0: We, I wanna uh, go back
1: to I wanna oh, go back to last Thursday when the world found out that Mickey James was not cleared to relinquish the title and she did it in front of the the empty audience, the empty arena, and you and Jordan are sitting up there watching this. Is that when you found out that mickey was not going to be cleared and what was going through your mind as you're watching her do this promo leaving the title and the hat in the ring
2: yeah that's when both jordan and i found out we were waiting just like the rest of the world to know what that match was going to be and i think it was a bit of uncertainty right leading into mickey's announcement and then only having you know friday saturday to prepare for this type of match knowing that again there's just this this pressure on us of of we want to outdo ourselves and we want to do better, and Jordan wants to win, but I want to win, and and all those things. So, um, it was interesting to watch. I feel like, of course, with Mickey, that was very dramatic, but <laughs> that was her moment. And she took it, and and um, you know, we don't know what's next for Mickey. She kind of left it open ended, left the belt in the ring, and just said, you know, it's your time now. So, I think, um, we are all very interested myself, Jordan. The impact wrestling world is excited to know what that meant for Mickey James, what that means for her future. And then she never lost the knockouts world championship. So does that mean she's she's gunning for me? Is she the first person um, to want to challenge me? I don't know. So there's a lot of uncertainty.
0: We have a write in question from Sean Ross Sapp and uh, we, we never take those, but he's asking, Does Deanna think all of the advice <laughs> <laughs> Should we? So you think of the advice that Sean gave you and Steve Macklin helped you win the titles last night.
2: What advice?
0: I'm glad we hit that. <laughs> well,
1: speaking, I mean, I will piggyback off of that. Your husband, Steve Macklin did win the impact world title last night. So we have power couple at top. You mentioned Mickey James. We don't know what's next for her. We saw her husband, Nick Aldis confront Steve Macklin is that something that could be brewing there with the the two power couples here going after it?
2: Um, Steve and I have always talked about uh, we're not huge intergender wrestlers, but I think if there was a story and it made sense, it would be something we'd be open to. Um, right now, Impact does not allow us on screen together. We're not allowed to talk about each other. We do not exist in each other's world yet at Impact Wrestling. So I don't know that it'll be something that happens, but I think that it makes a lot of sense. And if it was something that was brought to the table, I think Steve and I would be absolutely open to it.
0: Are there any other power couples in impact wrestling that you think about and immediately say, Oh, I got to, I, I got I, I to gotta talk about that. I got to get in on them. I got to, I got to wrestle them.
2: Um, I don't know. I think that, you know, before Josh Alexander was injured, um, and, and, well, even when he gave up the title, and Steve kind of confronted him, and Jade and Jet all at once, I think that to to wrestle them and kind of like, you know, obviously if Steve keeps the title long enough, and Josh is healthy, Josh is coming for Steve. So uh, does Jen come for Steve too? Because Steve made it really personal. And then do I need to step in? I think that'd be fun.
1: I love you. It. Mentioned you mentioned that you and Steve will talk about each other on television. Is that your decision or is that an impact call?
2: Um, that's an impact call. And and okay. because. So no, I just kind of turned babyface I'm a good guy Steve is su- super super bad right like no one likes Steve Macklin so it's just those lines and impact can't be blurred and uh, especially with Steve the world champion and getting the opportunities he's gotten um, I just think it's really important right now to make sure that he's getting the reactions that they need from him he's keeping up that persona and Steve Macklin Steve Kubrick in real life, my husband, is the complete opposite of what we see on TV every week. He's a legit teddy bear. Um, so I think that, that it would just take that edge off of him, and, and we're not ready for that.
0: We got a, a super chat here from JJ that actually asks a really great question. It says congrats Diana, on hell of a match. With Jordan grace power couples on top of impact as champions. How is this title run going to be different from your previous reigns? Uh, as you just mentioned, you're you're on a different side of the fence now as impact knockouts champion. And you're, as you said, a good guy. So what changes now?
2: Yeah, I think, I think everything changes. I think that um, before, being the champion in my previous two reigns it was i still had a chip on my shoulder and i still wanted to prove like i am everything i said i am i was you know what i mean and i'm worth it and and i was still building my own confidence there was a lot like going on internally while i was developing over those reigns and i think what's different about this one is i know who i am and i know what i'm worth i know what i bring to the table and i and i'm not holding on to the championship to define me you know what i mean i'm now defining the championship and i'm saying like you know earlier, I was like, you know, no one deserves it, but really, you know, if anyone works their butt off and steps up the way I got to step over the last step up over the last few months that come and challenge me and made the best woman take it from me. That's the difference. Last time it was like,, eh, I don't need to wrestle. This time it's like, I'm the greatest technical wrestler in the world. Come for it.
1: We we had a big announcement from Impact last night. Uh, New Japan Impact Multiverse Two. You were part of Multiverse One. That's how you got into this match here at Rebellion. You know, assuming we're we're gonna hope you're still the champion. Come Multiverse Two. Any any options you're looking at uh, on the New Japan side of things?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously the first person everyone thinks about is Mercedes Monet. Um, that is a dream match of mine for the like years now. So I think if that is an opportunity, like I would be remiss not to be like, yes, that's what I want, that's what I need. Um, so, I don't know. But does she not have a, does she not, she hasn't had the championship match with Mayu yet, hey?
1: No, that's this Sunday.
2: Exactly, if Mayu wins, I've been in the match with Mayu. Mayu beat me at Ring of Honor to challenge for the then Woman of Honor Women's Championship. Um, So there's some history there that could be really fun to revisit if Mayu ends up beating Mercedes.
0: So talking about that uh, Multiverse United match, the four-way, in that match is Giselle Shaw someone with whom you have had a plethora of experience working with over the years. Um, I host the Impact Wrestling Post Show on Fightful, and myself and my co-host, Cresta Star, I've talked about the, the vast improvements in Giselle Shaw's wrestling game. You've seen it, number one. Can you just talk to me about working with someone like Giselle Shaw or even working with talent who are maybe newer and getting more and more accustomed to, uh, to working a, a style like your own even?
2: Yeah, I actually had a conversation with someone last night before I wrestled of, um, you know, just kind of feeling like oh, I'm a little bit lost and character work isn't maybe my biggest thing and I'm trying to work to my size. And, um, you know, and I just said, you have to trust, right? You have to trust that the people putting you in these situations, you know, who's ever, who's ever doing the creative is, is putting you in these situations because you can handle them. And I think that specifically with Giselle, who over the last you know, almost two years since she's been with Impact Wrestling, has gone through a ton of ebbs and flows. She debuted as a single star, did some stuff with Lady Frost, then was kind of thrown in the mix with all these different tag teams. People left, you know, then she didn't have her tag team. And um, I think she had a really rough start in terms of, like, getting her foot, feet into something and, and digging in so to kind of see her flourish and I mean we've, we've all followed her story. She had an amazing diary that was put out to, to show the world this is who I am and I really feel like coming out, having her story out there has exemplified what she does in the ring. She is confident, she goes out there, she knows exactly who she is and she, she just like oozes this aura, this, this larger than life star. Um, and, and it's all come together over the last, you know, six months, I think, that uh, the in-ring ability, which she's always had, and now that just, like, I am who I am and I'm living my best life and my, my most authentic life, and take it or leave it, is the attitude that she brings in life and to the ring. And that was, I think, for me, what was missing. and Now that she has it, I think the possibilities are endless for Giselle
1: before we wrap up, I gotta ask a, a one non-wrestling thing because I've been wanting to ask you this for a long time. I know you're a challenge fan. Who from the challenge world would you pick as your partner, whether in wrestling or in the, the in a challenge, if you were ever on the challenge?
2: Ooh, um I would pick CT. 100. Yeah. Good pick. <laughs> that is like. I loved him. Obviously, I watched the show growing up, right? And he was just like my number one. He's a beast. Um, that video of him like backpacking Johnny from like however long ago, I, that's my first memory, right? I still think about it. Um, yeah, hands down, I would win if CT was my partner.
1: There we go. I, thank <laughs> you. I've been wanting to ask you that for the longest time. I tell you, I know you do a lot of media interviews. Like, can someone ask Diana a challenge question, for the love of God? Don't so tell me. I you- had to. <laughs> I had to ask. I had to ask. Thank you. Thank you for answering that.
0: Uh okay. This is I've been asking a lot of wrestlers this question. I think it's important that um as as we understand that professional wrestlers have a very uh strange lifestyle in that there's a lot of road, there's a lot of just different places all the time. I like to ask about mental health. I like to ask about what keeps a wrestler grounded. What keeps you grounded while you're on the road uh especially for long stretches of time.
2: Yeah, I, um That's a great question. And I don't think I was necessarily in tune with my mental health until the last like three or four months. Um, And I think what's grounded me the most, number one, is having Steve with me. Um, You know, I I just have been like dealing with like panic attacks and anxiety and um, having Steve here and knowing like, okay, this could happen at any moment. I don't have any control of when I'm going to feel panic and start in an an attack comes on, but knowing he can be with me and knowing like he knows how to handle this and we've dealt with this at home and just having him here is like a really big comfort for me while I've been going through all of this. Um, So that's my number one, having someone I can talk to openly and honestly with about whatever I'm feeling or whatever I'm going through um, has really changed my perspective so much over the last couple months. Um, But then on top of that, just with wrestling as a whole, I think uh, I'm a college student and I'm almost done. But I think having that outlet of, you know, I could turn wrestling off, turn my computer on and dive into something completely different that doesn't relate to wrestling in any way, shape or form has really like dialed me back, especially since leaving NXT. When I got released, I went right back to school. And I think that that was probably one of the best things for my mental health was I was so consumed with wrestling and I was like, I couldn't turn it off. I couldn't get out of this bubble. And I really had to force myself to like sit down, put the phone down, open the laptop and do the work. Um, And eventually it'll pay off in a really cool life goal that I've always wanted. So I think that having hobbies outside of this, as well as being able to travel with my husband and my best friend has really grounded me all over again.
0: Jeremy, do you have anything uh, left to add? No, we we
1: appreciate it, Deanna. Uh Congratulations again on winning the Impact Knockouts Championship for a third time. Congratulations to Steve on winning the Impact World title. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you at, what you got coming up. I know Impact, uh, the fallout from Rebellion, tapings are tonight in Toronto. But Let everybody know where they can find you at.
2: Yeah, everyone can follow me at Deanna Prazo on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Wonderful. There you go three-time knockouts world champion, Diana Praza. Thank you for your time. Congratulations again. And, uh, I guess we'll see you. We'll see you next time.
2: Hey, thanks so much guys. Take care. Thanks Diana. Take care.
0: What a, what a fun chat.
1: Oh, Diana Praza rules. I, you know, you know, I watch and listen to so many interviews, uh, Joel Pearl and diana's is always one of my favorite people to, to listen to talk. She's great. She's great on social media. Um, Yes, I I went off and, and did ask about the challenge. Hopefully that's good. Uh but yeah, D Diana, is the best.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That was uh that, that, there was a lot more in there than I thought we were going to get to. And uh, your challenge question, by the way, that popped me. I know I know that's a big <laughs> deal for you, so uh, congrats. Um, Tom LaValle did send a super chat. I, I know that we pulled up one just because it, it was very uh, tipi- topical. Uh, Tom LaValle asking, is there any chance, you know, of getting Impact wrestlers at all in? I've wanted to see you and Britt Baker tag for literally years. Uh, someone in the chat also mentioned Emergence, Impact Emergence, is the same night. So the odds, I think, are low. It's not a zero, but um, just to answer that question, you never know. It's wrestling. But if she's still the knockout world champion, I don't foresee that happening. Who knows?
1: Yeah, uh, and JJ JJ sent a super chat as well. That was a question for Deanna Apologies, JJ, but knockouts get to main events. Good number of shows. You've uh, had a few of those since you've come in. What's the, like main eventing? How have you adapted yourself to being first in uh, Impact to now? Uh, she did talk to a little bit about adapting, especially when it came to uh, the mental health and stuff. I do want to comment just on the main event stuff. I was surprised that Deanna and Jordan were, were going to go on last last night. Like they made that announcement, I was like, oh, that makes sense. But it kind of caught me a little bit off guard i think that was the right call though what about you
0: so i'll tell you why i wasn't shocked about this and there's there's really two reasons one is that both diana prazo and jordan grace are not only tentpole knockouts for the division and for impact but also just wrestlers they are tentpole stars you talk about impact wrestling stars and diana prazo and jordan grace are two of those people regardless of gender regardless of status they're two people you s- either are synonymous with the brand uh steve macklin and Kushida, you know Props to Macklin and to Kushida for putting on the match that they did. And yes, typically your world title is, you know, a big, big deal. However, this match was, it felt more thrown together, not in a negative way, but because of the changes that forced it, um, it made more sense to put on the knockouts. That was reason number one. Reason number two, very simply, you send the crowd home happy and like Deanna said, I'm a good girl now. And that that by the way, I had been saying all week, I'm just like, I don't know what they're doing. It felt like they were moving towards Diana Prazo as a good guy, as a baby face. But like when she came out last night, she did her intro as if she was a heel. She was doing like the like the back off peasants and doing she was playing up the crowd as the heel, and Jordan Grace was was very much the the babyface. So I guess maybe that's a sign of things to come when it comes to uh, Deanna's reign and impact, but it really was a send the crowd home happy because they did want to cheer Jordan and they did cheer, uh, uh, not Jordan, sorry, Deanna. They wanted to cheer Deanna Perazzo and they did. So they got their wish and it looks like that's where we're gonna go moving forward.
1: I, with, again, when they made that announcement, I was a little caught off guard because I just expected Macklin and you know, they're like, Deanna and Jordan. Again, once you think about it, makes plenty of sense. As you just laid out, I'm very interested in where they're going with babyface Diana Perazzo, because we we really haven't seen a lot of that. She has always been I'm superior, the virtuosa, and just out wrestles everybody. But it was such a great moment for her, and I thought it was interesting. You know, she she said that like her and Steve aren't you know they're they're not in each other's universe when it comes to to impact. And so I don't maybe we won't get that interaction that we talked about uh, earlier.
0: And that was something that I spoke to with SP3 on True Heel Heat when we wrote, when we were previewing Rebellion, was the idea that how do you make that work? Because you just started turning Deanna a few weeks back in her program with Giselle Shaw, who is very firmly a heel. And then you have steve macklin also very firmly a heel you can't suddenly just flip-flop him for the sake of the story it, it just wouldn't it would have been jarring it wouldn't have made sense so those two they've never been in each other's orbit for whatever reason like diana was saying but um it made sense to me that they're not going to do that at least for the foreseeable future also like steve macklin as a face just it doesn't work for me yet
1: no, not right now. This man was interrupting the Canadian national anthem. He's attacking Scott Moore and everything. No, as Dion was saying, like Steve Macklin's like the worst person in the world right now. Real, real Steve Macklin, nicest person in the world. Television, Steve Macklin. He's terrible.
0: That's right. Everyone on television is awful. Just the worst.
1: <laughs> he should he should be bury the Maple Leafs in a promo tonight since they're in Toronto and just take a bunch of shots at the Maple That's easy heat. Easy heat talking about, you know, you see this championship here? Maple Leafs ain't coming close. They can't even get out of the first round. We got this title here. They can't even get out of the first round. Just, I need a good Maple Leaf burial.
0: I'll be standing there. If he were to pull that off, I'll be standing there applauding him. I will be the biggest e <laughs> fan imaginable if he does that. For those who don't know, I-, I live in Toronto, but I am not a Leafs fan. I grew up in Ottawa, so I'm unfortunately, for better or worse, I'm a Sens fan. I'm also an Anaheim Ducks fan, so really, I haven't been happy in like 15 years. <laughs> it's just the reality of it. I'm
1: Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready for the play. I got you know, you know. Here we go, Joe Paro. Got the 2022 Stanley Cup champions. We're we're getting started, but I need a yeah. I need a good uh, put up the put over the abs, uh, Steve Macklin. Put them over whenever you guys head to Colorado. That'd be fine.
0: Yeah, that's what we got to do. I don't think they'll be going to Colorado anytime soon, though. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, What else from Impact? I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff going on tonight. Those TV tapings. I'm I'm inching closer, Jeremy. I might go. You should. You should go. I
1: I hope you do. I hope you make the trek out there. Yeah, better. There's nothing else doing on Monday night, right? Nothing else is going
0: on. Exactly. There's nothing else on TV, and I, it's not like yeah. I get or anything. Here, here's here's the reality of it. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be very candid, and I'm not gonna. Th- this is not me bearing impact at all. This is actually me burying the city of Toronto and Rebel Entertainment <laughs> Complex. The city right now in that area of town is a g- giant construction zone. Like it is a mess. And I don't and I'm not driving. I'm probably taking public transit to get down there. Um, it's, it's a mess, like more so than ever. So getting to the venue last night, um, I stopped at Tim's studio because that's where I ended up doing the post show because it was super close to the venue, which is helpful. But regardless, like everywhere is just construction and just dirty and gritty. And it's down by the docks like it's down. It's down by the waterfront. So um, the venue is beautiful, but the area is just atrocious. You got to prepare to go to those things. Got to get a backpack and everything.
1: <laughs> See, they're not they're not prepared for any type of championship parades. So this is why they're like, ah, we don't need to take care of this city or anything. We're not oh, going no, to have. Fine.
0: They're fine with the championship parade. They, they got Young Street. That's all. That's all they need.
1: It was you know besides Impact to to push things forward. Besides Impact, we had a big weekend in New Japan. Joel Pearl. They held two shows in the United States. Uh, we have Aussie Open as the new strong open weight tag team champions uh orange cassidy was there defending the aw international championship and we had um for some reason team Horomu and naito lost to kanemaru and, and sonata in that tag team match which which very much confused me it seemed like it confused the wrestlers as well that or they did a great job of, of selling that off we had lance archer advance in the u.s title tournament uh Juice Robinson went all Will Smith and said, Keep my, Keep wife's, my name wife's name
0: out of your, your mouth. mouth. <laughs> that was so and then they then they suspended him, Jeremy.
1: Yeah, that suspension worked really well. He just showed up and just attacked Rosser the, the following night and cost him the 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 uh the first round match, I guess semifinal match against Lance Archer. But we had Tanahashi with a rib injury, which I don't know what that's going to mean for, for his future. He's supposed to face Osprey in about a month and that in the other, um, semifinal match. So I hope Tanahashi is good. what, what stood out from you from new Japan this weekend?
0: so admittedly i've watched the first night i watched capital collision uh i wasn't able to watch the next night in philly just because i was prepping for rebellion and trying to be a dad and all that stuff so i haven't watched that show admittedly yet i'm probably going to go back watch it later on today since i'll have the time uh that being said ozzy open in that that three-way tag team title match at capital collision that was great stuff i loved watching it i you and I, actually, we talked about it on, on the show we do Newsworthy that drops every Saturday morning. We talked about Motor City Machine Guns most likely dropping those uh, those New Japan Strong Open Way tag titles because they had also just dropped the GCW tag titles, and it felt like they were just kind of, they're not losing anything by losing, uh, and they didn't necessarily need tag titles to keep doing what they're doing. But Aussie Open, uh, not only performing at a high level, but also Taking taking some shots, Jeremy. We're getting closer to Forbidden Door. And it feels it feels like there's a there's an FTR on the horizon. But you know what they need first? You know what the Aussie Open needs before they do that match? They need to go to Mexico. They need to oh. win they need to win those triple tag titles. They need to the, the lunch tray titles, as I call them. They need <laughs> to go and win those tag titles so that they basically reverse the FTR story on them and be like you're not the best we have all the belts we're the best you can have your piddly AEW tag titles but we want to go in and have all of the New Japan all the trip layout, all the important tag titles uh and and do that at, at Forbidden Door what do you think the, and then we'll talk more New Japan uh whichever night you want to talk about
1: I definitely think they're they're setting up FTR Aussie Open They're they're teasing it very heavily it's pretty inevitable uh forbidden door obviously makes the most sense to do that here's here's where you go with this show pearl you're right get the triple a tag team titles as well they got up that though because um ftr had the roh tag titles at the time i don't know if aussie open against lucha bros that don't match uh, i don't know if they're, they're gonna do that if they want to put the roh tag team titles on aussie open go get the gcw tag team titles as well give me aussie open in a GCW environment. I don't know why that just pops me. Just put them out there in GCW. Need that. Need them winning those tag team titles. Just go collect like all the independent tag team titles as well. Go get the go get the IWTV tag team titles. I think Violence is Forever has those. Violence is Forever was calling out FTR, and actually know. I think they actually just lost those to like a main event. steven Jensen's gonna yell at me. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I still need Aussie Open versus Violences forever, okay? I still want that match. Uh, go, But go collect a bunch of, like, independent tag teams. Go get the All Japan tag titles. Just go get all of these tag titles. I, I need the Ultimo Dragon Pick. FTR at three, right? I need Aussie Open to have, like, six of these tag belts. And sure. maybe they're not as, quote-unquote, meaningful as AEW, ROH, IWGP. But they got more, and that counts for something.
0: So you hear me out. Two things: one, Aussie Open, they need to win the IWGP Junior Tag Title Belts somehow. Just completely destroy the current IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions. That's fine. And then number two, because we're talking about doing a GCW Aussie Open Tag Run, Aussie Open versus Bussy. Oh, that's that's I a didn't... thing that could exist in the ether, Jeremy Lambert.
1: <laughs> I don't think that's coming. <laughs> I don't think that's coming close to, to uh, happening. What does what that is, match even look like? Oh, it,
0: it looks like it looks like the best, by the way. It just <laughs> looks just looks like the best. Go check out my interview with Effie that just dropped on the main FIFA channel. That uh that was a lot of fun. I, I really like talking to Effie because not only is he very smart, he's also very funny. He yes. um he's not afraid to uh, take himself lightly and just like the, the, the conversation we have about his legacy at the end of our interview or the end of our chat, um, I, I hate calling them interviews because I feel like I'm just having a chat. But anyway, at the end of our conversation, he was talking about like his legacy and he's talking about, you know, coming out, being a fat old man, you know, wearing his pink jacket and just doing his catchphrase and taking a bump or two. Uh, the, the, guy, the guy knows what he's up to. I, I appreciate that. Uh, okay. Speaking of knowing what he's up to, okay, do you want, you want to go somewhere else? you want to go on Yeah,
1: scenario? SP3. SP3 makes a point here. It says, the current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag champion Catch-22, fellow United Empire members, we don't fight family. That's very true. If, I've, if you know anything about Fast and Furious, family is the most important thing in the world. Yes. That makes it even easier. SP3, just hand them the titles. They don't have to beat exactly. anybody. Just hand yes. them for the photo op. That's it.
0: That's what all we you got to do. do. Stand off to the side and be like, just give him, just hand him over for a sec. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I look forward to that. But um, speaking of, of looking forward to it, Clark Connors has joined my yeah. bullet. Club. David Finley comes out, has his match. Oh God, who did he face? I completely just blanked. Uh, who do he face? A Capital Collision? Dkc. Dkc. Thank you. Oh a no, very... Capital Collision. Oh.
1: Capital Collision was the first night. That was the multi man yeah. match where he turned on Dkc because they lost. He Clark Connors.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I'm yeah. saying, who did Finley, Finley then faced blank in the next match? Oh,
1: uh, A.R. Fox.
0: A.R. Fox, thank you. I was yeah. like, he's in AW now. He's working in ROH. I know it. Uh, anyway, yeah, so A.R. Fox and uh, Dave Finley have, have a really solid match. And then after the match, you have Clark Connors coming out. Uh, very quickly... Changed out of his gear and got into some black bullet club jeans, <laughs> and uh, and joined the bullet club. What what do we think? Clark Connors just recently re-signed with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, is this the right fit for uh, for the man, Clark Connors?
1: Yeah, I like Clark Connors. I think he kind of, like David Finley said, he's been a little underutilized in New Japan. And Bullet Club needs to to restock. They're all over the place, not in like a bad way or anything. But once you know Jay White left, and it looked like he was. WWE bound and then he wasn't, but he can't wrestle in new Japan technically anymore. I don't think they're going to go back on that stipulation two months later, you know, maybe a year or so later they they go back on that, but I don't think they're going to go back on that now, but Jay White is doing bullet club gold in, in AEW. So bullet club, new Japan needed something. Juice Robinson would have been a choice, but juice Robinson also, uh, is doing a lot with AEW and, and ROH. So I don't know how New Japan involved in, in Japan he's going to be. So they needed a leader from the Japan side of things. They they chose David Finley. They needed to to restock things over there, especially after kicking out uh, El Phantasmo. So I, I like that it's Clark Connors. I think he has been underutilized. He talked about when the TV title was was first introduced of how he really wanted that TV title and he wanted to kind of bring that up immediately and they put it on Zack Saber Jr., which I'm not I'm not mad at Zack Saber Jr. rules, uh, but I can definitely see Clark Connors getting that TV title sooner rather than later to to get Bullet Club a little gold there.
0: Speaking of ZSJ, that match that he had with Filthy Tom Lawler for that TV championship, That's that great. was fun as hell. Yeah. I loved watching it and and I tweeted out I was just like Saturday night. ZSJ defending a TV title on Saturday night. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was a WCW Saturday night TV title defense. Uh this match was so much fun. And just both men are so well matched and so good at what they do. I sat I, I just I, I couldn't do anything else but watch this match. It was so good.
1: Is Tom Waller like underrated? I don't think he gets enough love. I think maybe from the hardcore as he probably does, but it feels like Tom Waller is one of the absolute best out there from personality, entrance promos, like knowing who he is. And then as a wrestler as well, Tom Waller is hes just so good. And you think of him in one style, but then he goes out and wrestles Zack Sabre Jr., one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. No surprise that he goes hold for hold with, with Zack Sabre Jr. Because Waller does have the wrestling background, the MMA background and everything. But it just doesn't feel like he gets like the the recognition that maybe he kind of deserves at this point. And he's not pushed like a big star or anything in any of the the top companies. But man, Tom Lawler is so good. I wish he would get you know a big spot in a bigger company.
0: I think you're absolutely right. By the way, I think Tom Lawler is very underrated. I think that he is very good at what he does. He's very good with interviews. He's he's engaging. He's interesting. Uh, has a story. Let me tell you. Um, and he's funny too but he's not necessarily given the opportunity to be to to do more to give more like he's he's out there having great matches he had a really good run on new japan strong like he was one of the he was the star of that show for the longest time but um who was who was watching strong you know that's not a knock on new japan but it was not it's not like he was facing you know uh, okada for the iwgp heavyweight championship in the tokyo dome Shit. He should, but that's the thing. Should he with a little bit of time preparation and like build? Yeah, he could because he's really friggin' good at this and he's really engaging and entertaining, but he's not necessarily being given that opportunity to, to shine in that way.
1: Grant, I don't know what Tom Lawler wants. Maybe he doesn't want to go like full-time to Japan or anything. I thought Strong was a very good vehicle for him. The the feud with Fred Rosser uh is another underrated thing just because it was on Strong, and Strong, unfortunately, is was like the eighth television show in the rankings with, with everything. Um, you know, what can you do? It just got overlooked in the grand scheme of things with with New Japan Strong. So but Tom Lawler really did kind of carry that show for a large chunk of it. Now, unfortunately it's not living the same way it was now. It's just basically, it's these big tentpole events with all the new Japan talent, which is great. Like it's good to see Tanahashi, Okada, Sonata, all these guys on these shows, but that is, you know, gonna push down a guy like Tom Lawler. It was good to see him in that spot against Zack Saber Jr. That match was great. Zack Sabre Jr. just one of my my favorite guys to watch because I love just his, his technical style, the way he mixes and the strikes as well. And he's such a little shithead, uh, which always pops me when he when he does that. Um yeah, just love the Tom Lawler, man. He's so he's so good. And I don't know what he wants. I think he could be a, a good star in Japan uh, with his personality and the way he just engages with everything. And obviously his wrestling style as well you know, in America. He does really good independent runs and stuff. And maybe he's good. Maybe he's good where, where he's at, but I, I want, I want more for Tom Lawler. One more for the filthy man.
0: How do we feel about Kenta? He defended successfully his strong openweight championship against Edward Edwards. Edward Edwards had a uh, pretty rough weekend himself not winning the uh, open weight championship, and then also getting really beat down by PCO in that last rights match at Impact Rebellion. But uh, Kenton Edwards had a really really fun match. Shout out to uh, Ian Riccoboni who will not call. Eddie Edwards has finished the Boston knee party. He called it the Shining Wizard. Uh, I had a good laugh about that, and and of course, Motor City Machine Guns do a move that they call the facial. No, Rick Abani was not calling it the facial. He wasn't doing it. <laughs> uh, but let's let's talk Kenta and Edward Edwards. I think that was a bit of an underrated match um, with uh, a little bit of Tom Foolery involved. We had a ref bump, and then what happened post match was was even more interesting for those who are following what's going on in the New Japan Strong New Japan USA world.
1: I mean Kenta's great. He's been great for a long time. You know, Fenley is the leader of Bullet Club. I think Kenta could have easily slotted in there, but they usually like to keep the, the leader. It's an American faction. They want to keep the leader. Uh now Finn Balor's not American, but they want to keep and neither is Kenny Omega, actually. Uh but they like keeping it. Uh Gaijin. Gaijin specific. Not not going with a, a Japanese wrestler. And Kenta would that's obviously why he wouldn't fit that bill. Yeah, and then afterwards, Hikaleu uh appeared after uh, Kenta and Edward Edwards, as you call him. And it looks like they're they're going to set that up for wrestling Duntaku. Yes, Jay White's not American either. Again, I I was going Gaijin. I said American as in just not Japanese. My fault. Uh, but
0: for all intents and purposes, me. Jay White is American. He lives here now. Damn it. He lives in Florida, it's not here. He lives there. He's American now.
1: <laughs> it's really all over the place. As, as I went through the leaders, it's like Canadian, Australian. I got Jay White's New, New Zealand. Um, uh A.J. Styles is American, Georgia, uh, and then Finn Balor, but Gaijin Gaijin is, is where we're going. and now David Finley, so that, that's where we're at with things. Anyway, Hikaleu and Kenta should be good. I'd keep the title on Kenta. I'd, I want to see more of Kenta I want to see Kenta back in like AEW and stuff. Kenta was was so good. I, I definitely want him back in like ROH. Like I definitely need Kenta back in, in ROH. just do it just for the nostalgia pop purposes. Like we gotta have Kenta in an ROH match at some point, defend the Strong title on an ROH show.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm all about that. Uh, Hikaleo coming back was a bit of a shock to me. I wasn't sure what they were doing with Hikaleo lately. I think I just kind of he had fallen off my radar since he had he he had just lost a pretty uh, big match, didn't he? No, he kicked Jay White out of New oh, Japan. That's right. No, I was because I know that he was also supposed to have the match. There was there were the two Jay White matches, right? Kicked him out of New Japan, and then Edward uh, Eddie Kingston kicked yeah. him out of the usa <laughs> that's what i was thinking okay and hickley is just kind of on route to having a, a very um really really interesting run i don't know he's he's young he's talented kenta could be the guy that puts him over makes him a little bit bigger he's not in bullet club anymore i mean hickley not he's he's out he's not doing his thing but uh i think there's a lot of potential there
1: hickley was 32 well, he's not he's not it's pretty young. It's young in wrestler years, yeah. I mean, wrestlers go into low, like, 50.
0: Um, so I, guess I was just thinking Bobby 40. Lashley now is, like, he's 45 and he's still going. And when they brought him back to WWE five years ago, everyone was like, oh, he's 40. And they're like, he's in his prime. So <laughs> age, age is but a number. If you can keep up, I mean, that's really all that matters these days.
1: I, I think they have good plans for Hikaleu. They wouldn't have put him in the position with Jay White. I think part of that was the tongue in cheek of like, oh, WB is interested in both guys. Who's going to win? Who's going to lose? And then Hikaleu won. And then WB didn't get either Kai, uh, apparently. So I do think they have some plans for Hikaleu. I want to see Kenta have a a good run with that title. And again, I want to see Kenta in ROH. It doesn't feel that difficult to me to get Kenta into ROH. Get Kenta, against A-Shock says it, get Kenta... Against CM Punk. That's a match that everybody wants. Right? <laughs> Go to sleep. You heard of that move? You know who originated it? Sammy
0: Guevara. Thank you. I was waiting for that. <laughs> All right. We're at the top of the hour. Are you ready, Jeremy Lamberts, for our next guest?
1: Yeah. Um, so speaking of CM Punk, over the weekend, uh, Matt Black of Zone, He had some more details on AEW Collision. Matt reported that it, it's set to start uh, Saturday night, June 17th, and it's going to air on TNT. It's going to air from 8 to 10. They, these are details from Matt and WrestleZone, and so you know, we're going to bring on Matt, and we're going get to some, get some more information
0: about this. Matt, how you doing, buddy?
3: I'm doing good, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks right, for, thanks joining, for me. joining us. Yeah. Ahead, uh, so, oh, go ahead, Joel.
0: No, I was saying go ahead, Jeremy. <laughs> oh.
1: Uh just, just to to start things here, you know, the, the news that AEW collision is apparently gonna start June 17th. Like what what are the full details on this? What more can you give us on this?
3: Uh I was I had a source reach out to me on Wednesday afternoon, um, said done deal, AEW collision, TNT, June 17th. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. What are we talking in terms of length of the show, what are we doing, doing the 605? Because that was rumored for a while that they were going to do that. He's like, no, 8 to 10. And they said, which I've not been able to confirm with multiple people, but my, my initial source believes it's going to be live every week. So I was just like, wow, that's huge. And I was like, what does this mean for Rampage? As far as they're aware, Rampage is sticking around, um, for the at least for the foreseeable future. The, thing, the way they described it to me is that TNT wanted a comparable show to AEW Dynamite on TBS. And that's what AEW Collision's going to provide. Apparently, they 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 want both shows to, to be on equal footing to each other. And we all know Rampage isn't that. So, I mean, this could end up being really good. And if CM Punk's a, like the star of collision going forward. I mean, that's definitely going to be a reason for people to tune in.
0: I'm wondering, this is just me spitballing. I, there's someone whose input I'm actually looking forward to hearing. And that's Eric Bischoff, because this is very much a thunder esque conversation. Am I wrong? Like this is just the, the way that I just heard you explain it, Matt was very much like they want two shows, equal footing, two different networks, and it sounds like they, they want them to both be important, similar to what they wanted out of uh, Thunder back in the day.
3: Yeah, I, and I would imagine AEW has to be getting a hefty price increase to add an additional two hours of programming. Um, we all know this is the year that they're supposed to negotiate their new media rights deal. And with the Warner Upfronts next month, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear something next month about a new deal. And that's where they officially announced collision as a part of this. Um, I'm sure Bischoff isn't going to be very happy about this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a lot of wrestling on, uh, almost seven days a week now. And it's, it's going to be a lot of content to take in, but AEW certainly wants to own their own corner of the wrestling world right now. And at this point you've got, you know, dark elevation Monday, dark Tuesday, dynamite Wednesday, Reign of honor, Thursday, rampage Friday, and a collision on Saturday and then there's going to have the pay-per-views four to five times a year. So if you only want to watch AEW programming, I think they've pretty much got you covered going forward.
1: We, we have extra details from, from our pal Andrew Zarian also from Sean about like a, basically a brand split on this because we we know there's some some stuff between punk and other members of the roster what do you make of this basically being like okay we're doing this second show not only because hey it's more AEW programming but we're doing it to now split the rosters between the two sides here who it's not a split of it's two sides hey let's have fun let's do a brand split it's we got to separate things to to keep everybody or certain parties happy
3: Man, I, I'm I'm hoping it's I'm hoping it's not as bad as everybody's making it out to be. I, I I don't they they're saying soft split, so I'm hoping that means like there's a select few that are exclusive to each show, and then everybody else can just go back and forth as they see fit. Because if it's too much of a hard split, they're gonna have to worry about splitting championships and splitting storylines, and I think that's not something that the AW fan is going to be really interested in having. So I, I hope that's not the case. I, I really hope Tony Khan can get everybody that has an issue with each other in a room in Jacksonville sooner rather than later and hammer all this out because all it's doing is causing divide. Not only amongst the locker room, but, am, but amongst the fans online, like AEW fans are turning on each other over there. They sided with the or They side with punk. I like all those guys. Like I don't know any of them personally, but I like I'm fans of all of them. I would love for them to all get along and work together and and, and have an awesome storyline together, but if if they don't want to work together and Tony can't make it happen, it it seems like Collision and Dynamite are, is probably the best course of action for now until they can get something worked out.
1: Matt, you've also been on top of uh the AEW video game. So <laughs> Yeah. And <laughs> That seems like it's been a journey for you oh, Try, yeah. trying to cover that. We we thought like, Oh, maybe December, maybe first quarter, 2023. I think there was like a February date that was tossed out there. We are at April 17th. We don't know any type of date uh, as far as the release date. It's been pushed back apparently because of the rating. Kenny Omega has com- confirmed that, yeah. that the the rating they needed to bring down. What is the latest on the AEW fight forever video game? <sighs>
3: I don't want to say it out loud because dates and video games change all the time. I've, I've been covering wrestling video games for the better part of 20 years now, and there's constant internal dates that are out that people never see. Um, there is an internal date in the Xbox database right now for AW Fight Forever. But for that date to happen, they need to announce this game like this week. They need to announce the date this week because they're running out of daylight in terms of, you know, heavy promotion leading to that date. And I'm starting to question if that date's going to get pushed back yet again. Um, THQ's Nordic Community Manager recently commented on the AEW Games Discord that if the game was done on a state of 0 to 100, he would put it at a 97. So... That's pretty close, um, but probably not as close as AEW would like right now because they wanted this game out like in September. And, you know, we're, we're heading into May right now, double or nothing. And yeah, I, I'm really hoping we get an announcement for that sooner rather than later because the natives are getting restless and the game needs to be a success. Because if the game isn't a success, we're not going to get all the DLC they have planned. And they have years of DLC planned for this game. Like, they don't want to do a yearly thing. They want this game to be out for years, and they want to continue to add on to it characters, arenas, modes, all, all that stuff they have plans for. But if the game bombs and it doesn't sell well, we're, we're going to get a fraction of what they have planned. So, hopefully, fingers crossed, we hear something very, very soon in terms of a release date and hopefully things will be right around the corner.
0: And that's kind of why I, um, when I hear the, the number 97 in terms of percentage done, I'm thinking that last 3% has gotta be a doozy. Like there has to be a lot. And, and like, I, no, but I, but I say it like in a half joking, but, but also semi-serious because um, if they're trying to put as much detail and love into this product that they can to make sure that it satiates an audience that is very much looking forward to this game or at least has been that whatever that three percent is i'm willing to bet is like very nitpicky or at least very important to them uh and you mentioned the dlc that uh, honestly part of that three percent it very well can be implementation um i'm not i'm not a huge games guy but just from the conversation the way it's been um it sounds like like you said matt that the hopes are very high on this game
3: yeah, they, they have a lot of hopes that this game is going to do well. They, they invested a lot of money into this game. I know one of the the latest thing I heard from the Uke side is that they're working on like cleaning up collision detection and stuff like that. They want this game as perfect as humanly possible when it launches. They don't. We we all know the WW2K games come out every year and on surface they look great but when you dig into them they're buggy and they're glitchy and they're they're just they're just generally a mess so they're hoping that they can come out and say hey this is what a game looks like when you take your time with it and it like of course they're going to find something here and there but generally they want to release as perfect of a wrestling game as possible from a technical standpoint
1: do you think the AEW games has been a success or a failure at this point, because we've had to wait for fight forever. We've had to wait forever for it. I know everyone's made that joke, but we've had to wait for it. Yeah. You look at the mobile games, like the casino thing never really yeah. got going. And then the elite GM game, I think there was hopes for it at first, but like that thing hasn't been updated for at least a, a year time. now. Yeah. And like,
0: I was about to tweet out the other day. I, Cause I was just thinking about elite GM. I was like, is anyone still playing this game? Cause like, just- I tried,
1: I have it on my phone still, or at least the, you know, cloud I thing. And I was like, Oh, let me, it was laying in bed one night. Let me look at this and try it. And I was like, Oh, this thing hasn't been updated. And I wasn't like big into it initially. Cause you know, I was expecting like Tewsk kind of stuff. And it wasn't
3: yeah, that it so was, was your kind of,
1: kind of mobile game. Uh, but yeah, like, do you think it's been like a success to, to this point?
3: I, I can't consider it a success so far. I, I think I think both mobile games have bombed. I know they're working on other mobile games in the future, which I hopefully do a lot better than the first two. But a lot of people look at this as like, you know, Strike 3 you're out. Like AW Fight Forever needs to come out and hit a home run. They they can't they can't bomb with this game. And it would be it would honestly it would be a disaster for the AW Games Division for Fight Forever to launch and and not be successful. Um, everything that I've seen and heard about the game sounds great. Like it it really, really does. But the problem is wrestling fans, we want everything right now. We don't, we don't, we don't want it tomorrow. We don't want it next week. We want it right now. And people have just been like, we've heard about this game since 2020. How long does it take to make a wrestling game? Honestly, it takes a long time, especially when you're building a wrestling game from the ground up. The WWE franchise has had the, The luxury of having a base engine that they just add on to yearly and even that is really hard to get that even those yearly updates out in time to do that on a yearly basis so to build this from the ground up because they couldn't use any of the stuff that WWE and 2k bought from them they had to start from the ground up and when you're basing on the the Aki engine you know, it's a whole different animal. We, we haven't really seen the Aki engine in action since Def Jam fight for New York. Like, so it's it's been a really long time since we've seen that engine implemented in, in, a, in a video game. So to take an engine like that in the last real wrestling game being, being No Mercy and to modernize that for, you know, 2023 when honestly the style of professional wrestling has changed, especially in AEW as comparable to what it was 20 years ago. I mean that's that's a that's a big task to take on and do, but like like I said, everything I'm hearing, like I'm hearing they did it, and I'm, I'm hearing it's great, but people want to see more, and and that's something I spoke with the THQ Nordic community manager about the other week. I, I was like I think the general frustration for people is the silence. Uh, I think if they were just more open and communicating with people, like hey, this is what's going on, this is the latest thing we can do. And I think people would be a lot more understanding, but when, when you go silent, I, I think that's when people get get upset. I suggested THQ Nordic to do a, a wrestler of the day reveal. Like THQ used to do back in the day on IGN. They would release one roster announcement a day. They would have the little the entrance and like a, a, like a video of their finisher or whatever. People were entertained by that. People liked that and it kept them engaged on a daily basis. And I was like we only know a fraction of the the Fight Forever like on disc roster. So if they were to do something like that, I think that would at least engage with the community until they were ready to announce the date. Um, but like, I don't know if they're gonna listen to me or not. <laughs>
0: so I okay.
1: tried. They were Kenny and everybody was doing the the monthly updates, and this died out very quickly. They only did like three or yeah. four of them, and then they they just stopped doing them. Yeah, the the latest footage I remember seeing was the interspliced Hangman and Danielson match yep. that had the real life footage in there as well, and like, I wasn't super impressed with with what I saw from that footage. And like I, I guess my question is. Fan expectation wise, like you, you're someone who's seen all the footage. You're someone who's, you just said you've had conversations with the THQ manager and stuff. You've been following this story. Fan expectation wise, what should fans kind of put their expectations at for this game right now?
3: Game, gameplay wise, um, in career mode wise, in terms of replay value, I think it's really going to deliver. Um, don't go in expecting a 2k level creation suite depth because if you do you're going to be sorely disappointed um i'm not i'm not saying that the creation suite that fight forever's offering is going to be bad but it's it's certainly not going to be on scale or even close to what 2k provides on a yearly basis um but that's also something that they want to add on to you know in, with future dlc installments so I think if you're looking for a game that's that's going to be fun to play and it's going to be deep in terms of, of the career mode and the actual in-game matches, I think you're going to be really happy with it. There's a lot of stuff in this game that nobody's seen yet. Like, if you look at the ESRB rating, they list Stadium Stampede as a match type. We haven't seen anything like that. And if you, you mentioned the Danielson um, Hangman video. The only thing that concerned me with that video was if you look at the blood in previous screenshots and then you look at the blood in that video, you can see how much they scaled things back in order to achieve that T rating. So if you were looking forward to like the level of blood and gore that that some of the earlier screenshots promised you, we're probably not seeing that in this game because they really, really wanted that T rating in the way, the game, the way they had the game last year, it was rated M. They, they had to scale it back and they did. Um, I don't know at what total cost that's going to be, but the, the T rating was very important to AEW and to THQ Nordic and they, and they got it. Um, I just hope it doesn't disappoint people who saw previous things and they're not going to get that now.
0: I'm curious, just um, for for the room that includes the chat. I saw someone mentioning that game games are very saturated right now. Like the gaming market's very saturated. We see uh, WWE release a game every single year, and um, it performs how it performs. And now AEW is about to inevitably release their game. What what's going to do it? What what is that? What what's going to be the difference maker? is it the mini games? Is it the style of action? Is it, I, I'm, I'm interested to hearing from, in hearing from gamers, what it is that gets them excited for a game like this, when there are other options on the markets.
3: Well, the thing is fight forever plays different than anything else. That's currently on the market. And I mean, there will be other games coming down the line that are going to play very similar to fight forever. Like ultra pro wrestling is uh, promising to be a successor to no mercy. But I mean, I think that's going to play ultimately more old school, then this one's going to play. I think it's going to be an evolved version of like a No Mercy meets Here Comes the Pain. And here's here's the thing with 2K. I I have not truly enjoyed the gameplay of a WW2K game since 2K14, and technically that was the last game that THQ made. Um, everything 2K15 and on. Um, I don't. I'm not a big fan of the controls. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't find it fun to play. They forced it way into the way way too into simulation territory to the point where I just like, I love messing around in the creation suite and I love simming matches and stuff. But when it comes to when, when the bell rings and I have to play a match, I'm not having fun, but I can still pick up, you know, no mercy on an emulator or whatever. And I can play a couple hours and walk away and go man, that was fun. I had a lot of fun playing that match and, pl- and playing, and playing those games with people online We've really never gotten that before. Like the Aki engines was, were never online. So to take that engine, take it online, if it's a stable online thing, and we can play that with our friends, and it's an easy pick up and play gameplay, but it's deep. Uh, I, I really and truly believe that this is this is the game for people who want to like ww 2K, but don't enjoy the gameplay. I think they're going to find themselves right at home with, with Fight Forever.
1: Yeah, I want to thank you for, for joining us today, and you've been on top of the AW Fight Forever stuff since since the beginning of it all. And yeah. then great details on AW Collision this past weekend. Now let everybody know where they can find you at.
3: Um, I'm, I'm on WrestleZone pretty much every day. Um, you can find me on Twitter at, at RAWFShowtime, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. This was great.
0: Thanks for joining thanks,
1: us. Man. Yes. Everyone go follow Matt on Twitter. Go go support all the work that he does. Um, you know, again, he's been on top of the, the fight forever stuff, Joel. And then when it comes to AW Collision, what are your thoughts on them now adding a second show, a second two-hour show Saturday nights? Matt mentioned it was gonna be live. I would think that was probably gonna be how how they're gonna have to do it, but I think the ideal taping schedule would be Wednesday dynamite tape rampage. Maybe you do Dark, Dark Elevation beforehand. Saturday, Live Collision, Tape ROH, Tape AW, Dark, Dark Elevation. I think that might be how they're going to have to set up the schedule. But what are your thoughts on on Collision and this soft brand split with CM Punk potentially most likely returning?
0: It's a bit of a mess. It's a bit of a mess. And I'm I'm hoping that whatever this quote-unquote soft brand split is kind of isn't in that they... certain people will be uncomfortable working with certain people, but some are going to be more willing to do business than others. If that makes sense. Uh, There will be certain wrestlers who are like, no, I don't care for CM Punk. I don't want to see him. I don't want to work for him. Okay, cool. Well then you won't be on this show. You'll only be exclusively on this show. Other people will be like, yeah, he's fine. I don't, care about working for him or working with him because he's not, it's not his business. But um, just just kind of saying, you know, yeah, I can be around him, but it's not like for Pally Pals. Okay, then you work both shows. Uh, it just feels like if you're trying to satiate one guy or, or four guys, I'm not super into it. I understand the brand value of the elite and CM Punk and everything, but it just, um, yeah, it's not great. At the same time, you know, if you're an AEW fan, then you should be excited that's a ton of AEW content for you to watch uh, as someone who watches a ton of wrestling throughout the day uh, and throughout the week. I'm not super jazzed for the idea <laughs> of adding more to my plate. Potentially. I, I'm probably going to start scaling back a little bit or watching things not live and just catching up later, which is not the end of the world. You know, um, you know, I see, I see one specific person saying like, Oh, he's an AEW hater. He hates AEW. No, you can follow me uh, at Joel Pearl. And I, very often praise AEW for a lot you, of. The- why do you hate AEW, Joel? Why? Because because I hate everything. Jeremy Lambert, didn't you? I <laughs> just just look at the way we spoke about Impact. I was like that show, that that Impact show. That's no. gimmick
1: infringement. That's gimmick infringement true. on people who do shows literally every day.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> true, and, and that's the thing. Like I don't I don't hate a company. I just don't pay attention to it. If I don't like it, I don't worry about it. I do worry. I don't worry about AW. It's more, I, I talk about AW because I. I actually do enjoy the product when it's good. I don't think it's perfect. I don't think anything is perfect. But uh, I try to be realistic about it, and and I think that more realistic views help. Talking about wrestling, you know, it's okay to disagree with a subjective form of entertainment. It's okay. I promise, you're gonna survive. You'll be okay. Going back to collision and going back to adding more. Um, more, more content for AEW. I think the biggest moment of concern for me is how they're going to tie everything together. Because that's something that AEW isn't always great at doing. Um, I know that WWE will bash you over the head with, uh, with these types of recap videos. But when they're good, they're good. Just like in AEW, when they do something good, they deserve the praise. And they have done recap videos or catch-up videos uh, going into matches that look really good and do really well. And that's something that they're going to have to keep doing if they're going to introduce a second hour or second two hour show that is supposed to be on par with their flagship, AW Dynamite. Um, give me an idea, Jeremy. How are you feeling about all this? Because you're also going to be adding to your plate.
1: Yeah, very much looking forward to, you know, doing, doing more work uh, with this stuff, covering a Saturday show now on top of everything else that, that we cover um, I Garrett Kidney made made a made a point about like the the brand split and how people think it's a bad idea because WWE has done it so long for one way and it just hasn't it hasn't been great the way they do it because they introduce what the the superstar cross whatever they they call that thing where remember they they did that thing like four times a year you can appear on this other show and oh if you're a champion you can appear like they don't do it well they they don't do it well. When it, when it comes to that, I think personally A brand split can work if you incorporate Some real sports elements Into it, do some trades Do some quote-unquote free agency Periods where it's like, oh my contract is up with this company. I can move on to this brand Now, you can do some cross-promoting Stuff, some inter uh, Feuds, uh, building up to a big Pay-per-view, like there's a way For a brand split, if you're going to do a hard Brand split, which it seems like this is may, it Might be a more soft thing, if you're going to do a hard Brand split, then I don't know how it's going to work. Here's, here's my concerns with, with everything. The first one is the basis for this brand split ain't great. This is not just, hey, we're doing this because we have a lot of talent on the roster and we want to make sure everyone is utilized well. We want to give more opportunities to people. We're doing this because we're trying to placate a, kind of one person. And keep him away from other people. So they don't have to all be there on Wednesday. Some people can just be there on Saturday if they want to be. It's not the best impetus to start the brand split, right? So that's one concern that I have is like the reason for doing this is not the best reason in the world. Another concern I have is just the burnout factor of everything we joked when tony khan got roh it's like oh now he's booking roh like how much more can this guy add he's doing he's already doing aw he's got fulham he's got the jaguars he's adding roh now he's doing another two hour two hour show and not only another two hour show another two hour television show which he has admitted is a little bit more difficult than just ROH, which he can just kind of, hey, I don't have to worry about time constraints. I don't have to worry about hitting ad breaks. I don't have to worry about minute by minute ratings. It is another two hour television show where he has got to worry about that stuff. And if it's gonna be a brand split, now you've got to utilize even more people when it comes to this stuff. Dynamite does, for the most part, a good job of like rotating guys in and out, right? Like they, they keep things fresh for the most part, but you know who your staples are on dynamite for the most part you're going to get jericho you're going to get blackpool you're going to get elite and everything now you got to do this on a second show and so you're going to add okay well who's going to be on this show we got to keep this person happy over here we got who wants opportunities of like hey i'm not getting an opportunity on dynamite let me go over to collision i should be booked better over here Like, there's real emotions. And I think this is what a lot of people lack on this is like, hey, TEW, plug and play. Yeah, sure. There's like ratings and stuff, and people have assigned ratings to everything. Go ahead.
0: No, I was actually, this is a really important thing to mention. You're talking about what happens when Wrestler X says, I don't feel like I'm being booked well here. I want to go to the other show. They're doing that right now with Ring of Honor. That was the Eddie Kingston story. That was the Athena story. I wasn't booked well on on Dynamite or on Rampage. So I'm going to Ring of Honor where I'm performing better, arguably better than I would have been on the main AEW show. There, there, there is more than likely going to be that type of storytelling and crossover. But also, like, if you get stuck with that behind the scenes, then the morale kind of takes so, a hit as well.
1: Yes. And, you know, I was kind of talking behind-the-scenes stuff when I was mentioning that of, like, oh, hey, this guy's, like, I'm not getting an opportunity on Dynamite. I would like to be on on this show. The behind-the-scenes stuff is where, where we're at, you know, kind of all of this started, right, is behind-the-scenes drama. Why is this person talking to this person about this person? That... They've used this storyline. They bring this to television. They got a whole all access show that says like, I'm not happy with this person. I don't want to work with this person. Like that's the, the basis of like all access completely when it co- comes to this stuff. So now we're going to have, Oh, is the Saturday going to be talking about the, the wins, the people on Wednesday, not all behind the scenes, CM Punk's going to go out there with a live mic and minus pews and cues and not say look at the ratings on Wednesday show compared to what we did last week. He's not going to, he's not going to take some type of like shot
0: like he's that. Gonna, like he's going to show up at an ROH pay-per-view where the <laughs> AW dynamite wrestlers are in a box. He's going to cut a promo in the ring where he says, you know why Kenny Omega is there is because Kenny Omega doesn't want to work Saturdays. And then the crowd's going to go, Ooh, and then they'll make <laughs> bounce checks references and ECW 2005. Go watch one. night stand. <laughs>
1: It it can get messy and it can get messy because of the reason they're doing it. They're they're not doing it for a healthy reason of we have too much talent to showcase. We need a second show. I got no problem with them doing a brand split. I mean, uh, AT says, like, we used to complain. They don't showcase talent enough. Now they're going to do it more. Theoretically, yes, they are going to do it more. In theory, that's what they're going to do. That was the theory for Rampage as well. And rampage has just become a secondary show that just has matches that are rather forgettable and everything. Like you, you kind of know what's happening in theory. Yes. Second show. Good thing. More opportunities for talent. Love it. This is all good. When and I think this is something, uh, certain people get caught up in too much. This is all good when you can plug and play everything and you're not dealing with real human elements and real human emotions. When it comes to this stuff and that is what we now get caught up in and that is what people forget and that's why we leave all of these issues with this stuff and then there's the other questions Joel I'm gonna throw this out to you like what are we doing champions MJF gonna be on both shows MJF doesn't work rampage is he now gonna work a Saturday show as well like we know he doesn't like add into his schedule too much is he gonna be on both shows do you have to elevate I mean the Look, Orange Cassidy has done a great job with the international title. Um, the TNT title has always been presented. Relative, it's fallen off a little bit, but Powerhouse Hobbs, I feel like, is uh, boosting that up a little bit. Hopefully it gets a nice little run with it. Do you introduce that? Like the women's title, does the, does, do you have the, you know, the TBS champion, Jade is just on TBS. The TNT title, is that just going to be on Collision? Or does the women's champion have to work both shows? Like, what are, what are we doing with that.
0: So Collision is going to be a TBS show? TNT. It's a, T- it's a TNT show.
1: That, that's the report, yes. It's oh, a TNT okay. Show.
0: Well then, yeah, you, you you keep the TNT title on the TNT show and you put the TBS title on the TBS show, um, which is not something that they're doing right now, but it is something that they could absolutely work towards. If you, This is not something I want to do, but if you have your champion on Dynamite and it is the title well you know what's right below that right now it's not the tnt title it's the international championship yeah not only in name because they just renamed it from the all-atlantic to the international so it is it is it's international that is your a one championship hypothetically being defended on a saturday night show and that becomes your you know pardon the the crossover that the your universal championship when they you know or your world heavyweight championship when you had the brand split in WWE um do I want to see that no I'd rather see roaming champions um but if you're trying to handle a lot of egos and that's the reason why we're dealing with these shows uh then yeah I don't I don't know and I don't care to see again egos being satiated for the sake of television is just it's a, it's an incident waiting to happen uh, that all said collision man th- there's a lot of potential in having this 2 hour show there's a lot of opportunity the only thing that i you know kind of worry about and it was alluded to in the chat uh, jj had asked about our mental health covering more shows and having to do more more work associated with these shows and i think that th- that's a valid question and he brought it up because i asked deanna frozo that just earlier in the show um how do, how do we handle it but also more importantly how does um how does someone like Tony Khan handle it? He obviously wants to continue booking this show. He will want to continue booking literally all of the shows under the AW banner, which I get to a point. I get to a point. But also, I would love to see more cooks in that kitchen. At least one. At least, like, give give CD a try. I don't care who. Someone who you trust to operate and roll out your vision but if it's the one guy, stuff drops. And I've I've been in that boat before, trying to spin all the plates all at once. And if I can't keep all the plates spinning, well, one's gonna fall off and then I'm screwed because I can't just restart with a broken plate. So this has to be strong and it has to start strong, it has to maintain strong, does AEW collision? What are you what are you thinking about? Uh, the booking and then I mean, maybe we can even talk about our own feelings about having to add more work to the to our collective plates.
1: Well, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. I'll kind of lob it back to you here of, you know, I mentioned, I don't know how Tony Khan's going to juggle all of this. Cause I have certain issues with, with dynamite right now that, you know, if he's going to add a second show, I don't think those are going to be solved. Like my issues with dynamite is like, Hey, let's do a music, run in, save beat down music, run in, save every single segment. Like there were like three of those on this past episode of Dynamite, We know about the backstage beatdown, the backstage interruptions, things like that. Some of these stories are taking forever to progress. Like Jade Cargill's just been in the same spot pretty much since she's won that title. The the women's outcast and um, originals feud, it's like the same thing every week. It's the beatdown run-in thing every single week. There's not a lot of progression. We're still on Hobbs and Wardlow here. It feels like maybe we should, move, may, hopefully they move past that. On Wednesday like there some stuff Just isn't progressing that Well and you know if you're gonna add a Second show that means you're gonna add more Booking to to all of this and that Can be a little bit worried about Um like what Do we think of who Could possibly be a Second person for Tony Khan That he trusts to sort of oversee Uh whether it be The second show or maybe even pull Back the reins a little bit on Dynamite like Who does Tony look to of like hey i need you to just do more work in this area so i can do a little bit less and not get in the weeds and focus on big picture stuff
0: qt marshall it's always the answer is qt marshall he's the guy yeah i mean that was my thought but so actually so listen if qt is as um revered is not the word it's a bit of trust it's a bit like if he if he's as good as everyone says he is at doing his job uh and he's someone that tk trusts then i don't see a reason why those two couldn't work together to at least maintain the operational standard of the shows and then you delegate beyond that you know what I'm trying to say? TK has a vision. Someone's going to operate with that vision as well. And that's where QT comes in.
1: We, we have, for some reason, a run in. He was not booked on this show, but, Seems you know, awesome. oh, look at this jersey he's wearing. Sean Ross Sapp is here. How you doing, Sean?
4: Longtime Torontonian. Yeah. Sean Ross Sapp. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. I got two of these. You know
0: why? Is that a, dil- oh. <laughs> it's a letter Ross. fell off of one of them? On the
4: <laughs> and they and they sent me another one and i said you know what i'll take it i'll take it did you get Congrats it from fanatics? On f- yeah probably yeah it was a gift from uh the wife i want to congratulate you guys on the first episode okay. um, i definitely Thanks, want buddy. to uh yeah it's something <laughs> it's in the weeds all right it sure is uh, we
1: interviewed the knockouts champion fresh off of her. It, victory. it
4: makes me crave Last some night. weeds, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> oh, we had someone in the chat mention, uh, yeah, buddy, first episode in the weeds. I'm already baked.
4: <laughs> yeah, look at my hair. It's all messed up. Anyway, uh, congrats on the first episode. I do like the background. It seems like it took you guys a very long time to make. Yeah, it's a John um, Pearl
1: special. Yeah.
4: yeah, I think it's it's a good aesthetic. We're probably going to use things like that on, on more shows, uh, but that way. That way, Kate doesn't just have blank frames up <laughs> during, during the programs. But uh, yeah, go Leafs. I, I have watched half of one game this year. You so know who I'm, they're
1: playing in the first round.
4: Uh, I'll tell you what. I will be acutely aware of who they play because it is on at the same time as Raw. So <laughs> uh, something tells me that I will have uh, plenty of attention on that. Can
1: you, can you name me three Toronto Maple Leaf players?
4: Yeah, there's uh, Dubois.
0: He is staring at a roster sheet.
4: Did I get that right? (laughs) I don't think (laughs) there is a Dubois on the. (laughs) I was going to say, is there a Dubois on the No, I don't think there Um, is.
0: If you asked me about uh, any HABS (laughs) members, you probably would have gotten (laughs) them.
4: Probably Dubois, for sure. Dubois is my favorite. Um, Giordano.
1: That's actually true. really true mark giordano yes
4: hell yeah (laughs) who also win i win yeah i said three and you named one good job listen yes but what about connor timmons wow
1: you definitely are just getting fed something here connor timmons is a almost a deep cut
0: for what what about
1: cali
4: jack and (laughs) rack
1: that's definitely not how you
0: say that <laughs> it feels non-pg is what that Stackin feels like.
4: jack it's, it's also yarn crock non- it's Kelly yarn sounds way worse that sounds like a slur <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing we're really in the weeds now
0: uh, didn't, he t- right. didn't he
4: team with renee dupree in the past that's what it- <laughs> jj throw out there i knew him i knew he played soccer not soccer hockey his old hockey playing ass oh man <laughs> How long till Jimmy buys the maple leaves?
0: He can't afford. Know. This is the one thing he I'll can't know. afford. It is a very expensive oh, composition. Seems, seems to disagree. I don't know. Come on. Come on. That's You're good. right.
4: You're right. I'm just saying. <laughs> if he I got hired
0: by the Sens. I would, I, it.
4: I got hired and Jimmy got very, very driven because another, another prominent wrestling writer told him that Jimmy couldn't afford him. <laughs> And Jimmy was like, All right. All right. He's like, well, I'm not gonna overspend, but you'll see one day. And um
1: Do you think he'll make me the the GM of the Maple Leafs?
4: I don't know. I'm about to make you like content director or some shit like that if you keep asking for raises. (laughs) You you gotta have a different title and more responsibilities at this point. I'm eating more responsibilities. You gotta order
1: eggs and stuff. That's what content directors do. Order eggs.
0: Order eggs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: I like the idea of just having a, a cool new title that comes with a raise, and then you know, still doing everything I already do. Yeah, for, for it's science.
4: just whenever there's a typo, I can blame you instead of me. Fair, sure.
0: <laughs> Wait, sure. when do I when do I get a title and a raise? Never,
4: Joel Ferrell. Never. For Never. some reason, my I can't hear. <laughs>
0: That's right. <yeah. laughs> what happened? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> i should gaslight jimmy into giving me money <laughs> oh, oh boy thanks for joining
4: us sean do you have anything are else you kicking
1: me add? off i mean we're trying to have wow, serious wielding discussions that content here.
4: director pr- power already <laughs> look at that i'm out of here bye sean ross f uh, content power right
0: there i
1: guess well, I got a new title Whatever, as long as the race actually comes with it, you can call, call me whatever you want.
0: You're, you're chief content director until daddy comes home.
1: Yeah, fair. Forces his fair. way back
0: into the company. Let's uh, <laughs> let's, let's actually, well, we can ship that way. I guess with the, the time we have left on the show today, uh, you want to talk a little bit of WWE? We can uh, get, get in the weeds there. God damn. What? <laughs>
1: I guess uh, there's a couple of big things when it when it comes to WWE. And I want to elaborate on this on on Wednesday and and we'll have a guest to to talk about the the Drew McIntyre stuff. I'm going to get Drew McIntyre's number one fan Alex McCarthy to to join us. So you you got
0: Drew McIntyre to join us on Wednesday. And we're like, I wow, mean, I'll like
1: I'll a good I'll week. shoot him a message. I'll shoot him a message and see how it goes. Um, you know, I think that's a big story when it comes to to WWE. Uh Drew McIntyre, what's going on? with him. And then the other kind of big thing that happened over the week was Saudi Arabia. It was supposed to be King and queen of the ring. And now it's just night of champions. And it lines up with 1000 days for Roman reigns. We also have the Usos taking on Sammy and Kevin next week on SmackDown. And there's some fear, concern, worry that because Sammy and Kevin do not work the Saudi shows that the bloodline will reign supreme going into 1,000 days, going into Saudi Arabia. Let's celebrate the night of champions. What are you thinking here, Joel?
0: Yeah, I had the same, the same feeling. And I, I see JJ saying no queens allowed. Well, they, they did have a queen of the ring crown they last did. time they went. And that was uh, yeah. Queen Zelina over Dewdrop. I remember that very well, mostly because I was rooting for Dewdrop throughout the entire tournament. It was going to be Queen, Dewdrop and King Jinder, and I did not get either of those right, unfortunately. Anyway, um, going to Saudi and uh, changing it up to Night of Champions, I think uh, quite a lot of us have been talking about Day 1000 for Roman at that show. Uh, My original thought was, you know, if they were going to do King and Queen of the Ring, if you really wanted to screw stuff up, Roman says, I'm going, and it's going to be my 1000th day, and I'm going to win King of the Ring, and I'm going to be champion and I will be like the top dog of all top dogs. But instead, they're not doing that. They're going to just have, I guess, a 1000th day celebration when he beats whoever he beats. Um, or they wait until one thousand day has ended and whoever he faces takes the championship from him. On the tag team side of things, I'm a little concerned uh, with Sammy and KO being tag champions, not being able to defend. Uh, or, or just really in KO's choice, he, he he chooses not to. Sammy is, as we mentioned, not welcome in KSA uh, for various reasons. That being said, maybe is this the start of a move towards splitting up the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships, where uh, next week on SmackDown, or this Friday as it is, they call, not call an audible, but they tell the story that they say they'll put up one set of tag team titles, and they'll do the split, and then that way you'll have a tag team title match in Saudi Arabia with the Usos. I don't like it either, but at least it gets, it's almost like the, the everybody wins by everybody losing type of mentality. So uh, there's, there's a lot on the plate. There's a lot they can do. I, this isn't a let it play out type of scenario because I'm kind of losing patience on some of those things. But when it comes to changing the name, getting away from King of the ring and queen of the ring, I feel like maybe we'll just do that later on in the year and save that for like the, the season premiere, as i use air quotes for the audio listeners uh and maybe do it in september october how are you feeling jeremy about all this
1: i mean they got another Saudi show i think they usually run those in november um they announced it too
0: i thought they'd already announced the date on that one
1: maybe maybe i i don't recall um there's so many dates uh so maybe that's when they do the the king queen of the ring gimmick there as far as like them changing it to night of champions there's definitely some concern of Sammy and Kevin losing those belts next week, considering how it was announced when it was announced for what we know is upcoming. I hope they just do not base it off of that. We're going to take the titles so we can have this match at night of champions. You know, not every title has always been defended at night of champions. It doesn't mean every title needs to be defended when it, when it comes to that. I don't mind the idea and by saying I don't mind it, it's almost just a compromise of, like, uh, maybe it is just for the SmackDown titles. And that way, yeah, they lose one set, so you can do your tag team, you can do a title match, but Sammy and Kevin still have some titles. It still undermines the overall story of Sammy and Kevin winning their moment at WrestleMania. I think going back to the match this soon undermines that story as well. I would have held off on that. I would have done the six-man at at Backlash, uh, the six man being Usos and Solo against Riddle, Sammy, and Kevin, since that's where they've they've kind of been leading with things. I would have done that at Backlash, and then I would have done the the tag team match, maybe in something like Hell in a Cell or, or some something like that. I think you could do a big blow off like stipulation for that. Like there's enough of a blood feud here. You know, it's family. It's a uh, blood, blood, and blood like there there's enough of a blow off there to where it deserves a big stipulation match and to, to really heighten everything. So I would have definitely preferred that a little bit worried about uh, Sammy and Kevin next week when it comes to defending those titles, as far as Roman goes, he's going to hit 1000 days. Does he lose the title on day 1000 in Saudi Arabia? And if so, I know Cody's like, I don't think they got anybody ready. for for that quickly i joked about mansoor you get hey look you want to create a moment you want to create a big pop uh you know the crowd's gonna react favorably to everything mansoor is the guy to do it i don't think they built anybody up enough in that time like if the complaint was cody Rhodes hasn't had enough time they're really ain't enough time to to build anybody up for for this one unless you're just gonna go back to cody but at that point why are you gonna do that in saudi arabia when you had that moment at wrestlemania just so you could do the stupid Brock program. So I don't think he's losing the title at that event. I don't even know who he's facing.
0: There's a subsection of Twitter. That's clamoring for Roman versus Omos.
1: I mean, they don't care about wins and losses, but sure. If you want to do Roman and Omos as a, as a cool spectacle thing and Saudi, Sure, like those shows feel very inconsequential most times until you know the, the Fiend Bray Wyatt, the greatest wrestler of all time, uh, and Goldberg t- took place and all of that. And you know, the greatest match of all time, Goldberg and Undertaker also took place over in Saudi as well. Maybe, maybe we do Roman and Undertaker and Saudi. What about that? Get Re- Undertaker Redemption, he gets to go over there, gets that big Saudi payday. Then, you know he, him. He wasn't. He wasn't happy with that mania match. Now he gets to he gets to do this. He gets the re- redemption story of the Undertaker. Adversity. They love adversity, right?
0: Does Undertaker, he, does, big adversity. So he wins, and then what? He drops both titles in the ring. Takes off his boots. Takes off his hat. Take no, 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 no. no. It's, no. It's, it's, it's it's American badass Undertaker. He wins, and then he puts the title on the uh, the back of his Harley but he doesn't take the Harley back up. He leaves the Harley in the ring somehow. Is that what we're doing, Jeremy?
1: No, Undertaker doesn't have to win. He gets redemption just by like having a good match in in Saudi. Like he gets redemption of like from the Goldberg match that, that match. I mean, it's the greatest match ever, but that by most accounts, it was bad. All the people who like to be wrong about what good wrestling is. Uh, They think that match is bad and he gets redemption from the Roman WrestleMania match. He gets to go out there and like have a quote unquote good match uh, in Saudi Arabia against Roman reigns. And he doesn't have to win, but just, you know, bangers. That's what the kids love. Wins and losses don't matter. Banging is what matters. doesn't matter if you come quick, come, come late. long always your bang.
0: You and Wade Keller love making the, the bangers joke about being old and young people liking the word bangers. (laughs) You and Wade should collaborate now, you old men. <laughs> I'd love to have
1: Wade Keller on this show.
0: I would He's too, crazy. actually. I have a lot of yeah. questions for Wade, like good ones, good, good questions for Wade. Well, we'll we'll hit him up sometime. See if he wants to uh, dust off the old webcam for a show.
1: <laughs> so, he doesn't need. He doesn't need to, to be you know his face being shown. He could just do audio. That's fine. That's
0: true. He could. I, I guess some of our some of our friends along the way will most likely uh, join us in audio form as well. That's yeah. fine. Joining us via telephone. Uh, we, we can do something like that, right? Get a Getner for, for those who are in the radio television game and are old like me. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the, so Knight of Champions is going to replace King of the Ring. Do you, do you want to see a King of the Ring event or King and Queen of the Ring event still take place? Is it something that should be a PLE? Is it something that should take place over several weeks on TV that culminates on a big, let's say, Raw special? three-hour king of the ring queen of the ring finish and coronation what do you think uh goes next with king and queen of the ring
1: i want to see it because i like tournaments uh they're they're fun and you you get to see some matchups that maybe you wouldn't see otherwise but let's not act like this is the most important thing in the world Anymore, like Zelina did her uh, her Queen Zelina gimmick, with it popped me. Like she did the the accent, like that that was funny. You get the cool visual of the the crown and the robe and the scepter and all this stuff. Woods and Zelina, bless them, they tried to make this something, and then it was cut off very quickly uh with everything. And at once Roman destroyed Woods, like well, that was the end of that. And then Zelina. Uh, just th- things just kind of dropped. I know she had some some uh, I believe health issues, so that kind of took took things out. But I think that whoever wins will try with it. You know, I will give a very cliche of like, want to see what happens under Triple H's reign with the King and Queen of the Ring, since you know that was a moment that defined his career, both good and bad. So I want to see what happens when Triple H gets power when it comes to the King and Queen of the Ring, knowing full well it's probably going to be largely the same thing we, we've been seeing when it comes to King and Queen of the Ring.
0: Do you think that uh, if there is a King of the Ring, Triple H comes out and fights them and says, there's only one King in WWE, and then it sets up Triple H versus whoever? Is that what we're going to do? We How need to be you... more serious. I thought we were getting in the weeds here, Jeremy.
1: No, we, we, we have right. been serious. We've had serious discussion. Austin Theory is going to win like King of the Ring. That's, that's who's going to win this thing, by the way.
0: I don't actually know if I dislike that, by the way, because they're trying to figure out what's Austin theory ceiling. Cause they seem to think it's very high. Um, when, when I interviewed him, I, I, I enjoyed the banter. I enjoyed the conversation. I think he's very good at the interview stuff. Um, I think he's still learning a lot. He's still very young, actually young, not like he's 32 Joel. What the hell uh, he's in his twenties. He's, he's a young guy uh, and he's trying to figure out what uh, what's coming next because He's had a lot of opportunities thrown his way. He's made the most of a lot of them. And I don't know if the crowd is ready to connect with him in a way that's more meaningful. I know that the internet discourse has been uh, tepid at best. They're not super into him for various reasons. But I see the value in a guy like Austin Theory, especially long term. What do you think?
1: Okay. I, I mean, I actually kind of do think Austin Theory might be the person who wins it. Here's, here's my real suggestion, Joel. King and Queen. No? That's actually not bad. OTs would be great with be that wonderful. gimmick. Uh, yeah. King and Queen, Fiend and Fiendess. That's what we need. We need the the spooky Bray and spooky Alexa with their their prom king and queen dropping, like, Carrie, dropping the blood on everybody in the ring. We need a good blood. I know Edge did his brood bath. We, We need, like, that to be a staple again. That's what we need around here. King and queen, fiend and fiendess. That's what we need.
0: You know how happy that would make Alexa knowing that like she just had her second or her first anniversary. She just had an anniversary with her husband and the theme of the anniversary was prom and they were prom king and queen. She is like she loved she would she would be all over that. She would have so many ideas. It's kind of wild. I don't hate it knowing that she would be so invested in whatever that turns out to look like.
1: I actually, I, I'd say it as, throw it out there as a joke, fiend and fiendess. I actually think like Alexa Bliss as a queen, like a mean girl, because Alexa does her best work when she was kind of like, mean girl, goddess Alexa Bliss. Like Alexa Bliss as like mean girl, stuck up prom queen. Like I actually think that could be really, really good. Uh, you know, She needs to do something. I don't know when she's going to be back. It'd be nice to see her, her back in, in some capacity doing something. But Fiend and Fiendess Alexa, just that's just a pop me more than anything. A real suggestion would be sort of Alexa Bliss getting back to sort of mean girl roots with everything.
0: Tonight on Raw, there's a lot going on. We are going to try and end every single episode with something that we're looking forward to on the upcoming TV show. So on, on Mondays, it's going to be Raw. On Wednesdays, it's probably going to be Dynamite because... Dynamite that night and on Fridays uh, it's kind of a wild card because not only is Smackdown and Rampage on but also there's a plethora of other shows that are coming up as well so uh, with that in mind Roz on tonight uh, I guess Dark Elevation is also going to be on so if you happen to have something from Dark Elevation that you're looking forward to you could shout that out but uh, is there something tonight that you're most looking forward to in the wrestling scope Jeremy
1: I am looking forward to Seth Rollins against the Miz and people might say this is not a serious answer that's a lie is a very serious answer, because uh, our pal Phil Lindsay wrote a very good column about Seth Rollins and their Seth Rollins problem. He has not been seen since he just kind of walked out on WrestleMania Raw and led the chant and then walked to the back. Big win over Logan Paul, very interested to see what the future holds for Seth Rollins. and hopefully we get some answers tonight with that because he's facing the miz you'd think that's an easy win for seth rollins miz loses to everybody i'm maybe not the match so much maybe it's the post-match stuff and what rollins does and where things set up for him just moving forward but he's going to be on the show tonight he's at least advertised so i'm looking forward to see where they go with with seth rollins
0: where can you go with seth
1: you should dethrone Roman. That's where it should
0: go. Well, I don't disagree with that. At the same maybe, maybe that's your Knight of Champions match. That's actually Roman. Yeah. I don't and again, I don't hate it. Maybe you put it in a cage, give it a little heat, give it a little something extra. Maybe you gotta heat up Rollins. Because whatever happened after Raw of like you said, whatever that was, that was one moment where it was Krusty with a cigarette in his mouth, opening his mouth to be like, What the hell was that? It was that, that was the raw after moment, raw after mania moment for Seth Rollins, because that made no sense. Uh, him and the Miz will have a, a solid match. Miz, Miz is good, you know, Rollins is great. So uh, yeah, that's good, good, good thing to look forward to. I'm looking forward to Trish Stratus tonight, because last week she turned on Becky Lynch, presumably took out Lita. I guess we'll find out tonight if that's the case. Uh, that being said, reason I'm interested in this is, first of all, I expect Trish to cut a pretty scathing promo because she's good when she's a heel she was in the past we'll see what happens now Uh, but also there's a part of me that's like you got eight months if the reports are true that it's going to be trish versus becky at SummerSlam. that's a long time to build to that match going back to night of champions i wouldn't hate if they did trish versus uh lita do a best friends explode because that's a big match for a saudi crowd Lita's performance Saudi before. I'm sure Trish would love to get in on that as well. Um, you can have, you know, you can have Becky involved in some way. Yeah, there's that too. I'm, <laughs> I totally agree with you. Everybody needs an extension on their house, especially if you live in Toronto. Uh, so there is there is that as well. But uh, it, it also, it keeps the story going. And then inevitably you might have uh, some sort of tag team situation with uh, Lita and Becky versus Trish and partner TVD. Could be, I don't know, Bailey. Could be somewhat as that damage control story continues to evolve. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how Trish kind of kicks off this new version of herself.
1: I, I'm with you because Trish, Trish is great as a heel. Uh, I expect the promo to be good. It Wrap up some loose ends, continue some some other ends of things. So I, I do look forward to, to Trish's promo tonight as well. Raw looks fine. You know, it, they don't announce you know, too much. Brock is going to be there. I hope, he, I hope he tells Cody to kick Rocks. I so hope he calls him a loser. He's just like, I ain't fighting you, dude.
0: He's going to say, man. how about you take the roads less traveled and <laughs> hike off, and then Cody's going to come out and cut a scathing USA promo, and that'll be that. Actually, you know what, yeah, Brock's, I'm looking Brock's
1: Canadian. It. He'll hate that. He should That's punch good. him in the face.
0: He should come out and sing Country Roads Take Me Home. By John Denver. That's what. That's what. Uh, that's what both men should do. That should be the end of the feud. Is them singing country roads, "Kumbaya," and uh, then as kick like, wham K- stunner.
1: That like when uh, Rock and uh, Austin sang Margaritaville.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's really kick wham stunner. That's why I said it.
1: <laughs> That'd be good. Uh, I should not at this. <laughs>
0: there we go. Bobby Lashley uh, <laughs> takes on the aforementioned Austin Theory tonight. They're going to quote throw hands once more. Does it seem? Is it for the U.S. Championship? No, it's not. No. So uh, I have a a theory that uh, Lashley is going to be visited by Bronson Reed in the middle of this match. Maybe, oh, Jeremy Lambert. A three-way between two big, meaty men and Austin Theory, where Austin Theory gets the win by just sneaking in the pin again? Come on.
1: I'm not going to say what I... What I should not say um, on oh, all this meat talk here, and then Austin Theory, <laughs> <Whoops>. no, I <laughs> going not gonna do any of that. Uh, no. Now put the belt on Lashley, get this thing off of Theory,
0: put it on. Put, kind of Bronson. Bronson, yeah, put it
1: on Bronson Reed. Put on Bronson.
0: find Noted Okada beater on Bronson.
1: Lashley should win. Good Theory. There's whatever. I I understand why they see something in him. I've Last week, I guess he missed the show because of the travel stuff. He beat Ray. He got the win over Cena, beating Lashley or Bronson is fine. But if he's just going to keep needed to like cheat to win all of this stuff, like it doesn't make me believe in him anymore when it comes to this stuff because I'm not super impressed with his promos on the whole.
0: That's it. We did it, Jeremy. In the weeds, episode one. It's all downhill from here.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I said earlier. It's like we kicked off with Diana Perazzo. And like, this is a big get for our first show, new Impact Knockout Champion. It's like, where do we go from here? And then we end the show with Sean Ross Sapp randomly appearing. It's like, yeah, this just big Sorry. downturn from the start to finish.
0: Uh, I guess we're going to have to contact Roman Reigns after all. He's going to have to be on the show. I
1: mean, I'll I'll shoot, I'll shoot Drew a message. I'll shoot Roman a message, you know. Let's go. We'll, we'll bring
0: TK in. Have him, have him talk about when they announce collision. Let's get TK in here. There you go. Let's we can do, that. do that for now. How about we plug away and get on out of here because we're on our, we're at our limit, Jeremy. So go ahead, plug away. Let's get out.
1: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. If you'd like at Jeremy Lambert, 88 actually plugged my Twitter for once in my lifetime. Um, yes. Professional show this in the weeds. Uh, and we could maybe get Scott more. Maybe. Yes. Please interview my dad. Yeah. Um, Okay, oh, you keep you locked to Fightful Overbooked. We got a lot going on. Head over to FIFO.com. Sign up to FightfulSelect.com. $5 a month. All the great news in professional wrestling. That's all. We'll be
0: back on Wednesday, baby. There you go. I am Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. If you haven't subscribed here at Fightful Overbooked yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and hit that thumbs up while you're hanging out. Leave us a review over on your favorite podcast platform because your friends deserve to hear about good wrestling and we are going to give it to you in the weeds every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 10 a.m. until noon Eastern here on Fightful Overbooked. Until then, ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers.